Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Legacy Speaker Show. Today's guest is Kamon Napier. Now, y'all, I hope y'all have your pen and paper ready and you are ready to take some serious notes because today we're going to be talking about hiring. And as a speaker, although we're here to impact our audiences and to transform the lives by the use of our voice, we still have a back-end operations that's happening to even make that sustainable. And we know that we're in business because we want it to last. So let me tell you about Kamon. She is the C founder and CEO of Hire Breakthrough. And through her work, she helps organizations just like us and even solopreneurs, right? On helping them to build strong teams using an intentional hiring approach. Now, I know that this lady means business because I've hired her for myself to help me find someone that had an immense impact on my business. So if you want to take and leverage 10 years worth of experience in HR operations and engineering and utilize her skills and her brain when it comes to hiring the right team, listen in. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasmine. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I'm so happy that you're here as well. I knew I needed to cover this topic because I had a great conversation with another fellow speaker colleague and we happened to have a coffee chat. And the first question that this person asked me was, how many team members do you have? And I was like, this is a lot, this is kind of personal to ask on a first coffee chat. Right. But they were like, how many team members do you have? Right. And what came out of that conversation was how they were feeling kind of overwhelmed with the process of everything. So that person was a team of one, a amazing speaker. Actually, I'm a total fan of their speaking, but on the back end, every email, every process, every follow-up, everything is solely reliant upon that person. And I know as a mother of two and the person that has a family that I can't do it all. I have to delegate at some point in time. So I just want to tap into your story first on why you've chosen HR oh, and yeah. <laughs> why you do the work that you do, because we need a person like you. We need the calming force that you can provide for us when we are running around like SpongeBob, flailing our arms because of the operations and everything that it takes to run a business. So tell us why you do the work that you do. Yeah, sure. So I'll just go way back. So, you know, originally all I ever wanted to be was a lawyer. I used to read the newspaper daily, like stay abreast on like things that were going on in cases ever since I was young. So that was like my trajectory. And that was what I really wanted to do. I took like the LSAT. I was like set to go to law, like, law school. This is what I wanted to do. And then I happened to take some HR courses my senior year in college and I really loved it. And then my professors were like, well, I encourage you to take a break between college and law school if that's what you choose to do. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to pursue this um, and see if I, if I like it. And you know, the interesting part was at that point, right? When you graduate from college, you're entering the workforce, you know, the real workforce for the first time. And when I entered the workforce, like the things that I was seeing on the opposite end as a candidate was just 
horrible. I've talked about this before, but you know, me as a black woman, I remember sitting in interviews and people were just like staring at my hair versus staring at like looking at me and being, you know, present in the conversation and hearing what I had to say, or just the process overall was terrible. Like you didn't hear back, you didn't get any feedback. So I always thought like, why does it need to be that way? So eventually I went and did like, you know, I got my HR degree and everything. And I've worked in a couple of roles with like government, some fortune 500s, but you know, HR is so vast, but I said the place that I really want to make the most impact was in the talent and recruitment space, because I thought, I know there are so many jobs out here. There are wonderful companies out here, you know, solopreneurs, we have businesses as well. And a lot of times our businesses are starting from a mission, right? From something that got us upset, something that lit us up. And I know there were people out there trying to find those opportunities. And I said, I want to be the connector between these amazing founders, these amazing entrepreneurs and business owners and the talent out there. Because one, both of you don't even know if the other existed. And that's why I, I always talk about intentional hiring, because for me to get to know the talent, right, the candidate and what they want to do and getting to know the founder creates a really beautiful experience. Um, and I think that is like the best thing that I could have ever chosen to do in life. So I, I love what I do. I love that. And I appreciate you because I have no interest. <laughs> but it's true. Like when when I when I hired you to help me find a community manager at that point in time in my business, I didn't even know like really what to look for. When I had first hired someone, it was an it was an administrative assistant. I didn't know what mm -hmm. I was doing. I didn't know anything about onboarding. I didn't know anything about setting expectations of what the actual role would be, but I just knew I needed help. And I, ne I needed to create a better experience for the people that were joining my group program. And when I came into your services, it blew my mind because I was like, these are so many things I'm not even considering when I'm hiring. And it was necessary because I found the most unique individual to come in that also knew some parts of my history that's difficult to explain in the healthcare industry. They were familiar with that. They were familiar with everything that I needed. And it was through the connection in your recruitment that I was able to find what I need. However, we know that many solopreneurs are in a place where they are questioning, am I truly ready? So what mm -hmm. would you say are some myths that need to be busted today when it comes to when we're ready to hire? Yeah, I think the the biggest myth that you we can even bust today is that thinking that, you know, ready to hire means a particular time on your business journey. It is honestly different for everybody because it depends on your business, how it's structured, when you're bringing in revenue. You know, some people like Q1 and Q4 may be their lowest revenue months and they're making the most of their money in Q2 and Q3 just because of maybe their target audience and, you know, all of that. So I think we need to put that aside that there is one particular time that we should hire in our business. But what we need to start thinking of is we need to be aware of signs that we need to hire. I encourage everybody to really think back to the purpose of why they started their business. What is it that they wanted out of it for themselves? I know for me, 
I wanted more freedom. I wanted to start a family. I didn't want to work till like 8 p.m., 7 p.m. every day. And I think sometimes as business owners and especially solopreneurs and founders, we can really lose sight of that and just be working, working, working on the time all the time. And we are not thinking of our time as worth money because I always talk about that. Like it's 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 like think about it in this sense. If it's like an hour of your time, like if you were to charge somebody to sit down with you for an hour and talk to you, how much would you charge that person? I need everybody to think about their time in dollars and cents. And once you start to realize like, my gosh, I'm spending so much time on things that I probably don't even need to be doing. You know, for speakers, if you if you're like, okay, my speaking business, this is what I want to do, you know, you have to go out there, you probably have to travel to go speak, you have to be present there. But at the same time, your inbox is blowing up. Who maybe who on your team is is looking for other opportunities when you can't look for the opportunities as well? You know, creating your presentations, you know, making sure like your copy is good for like your sales pages and your email. It is a lot for one person to do. And I think often, you know, especially if your business is service based, we always tie ourselves to the deliverable, Mm -hmm. meaning we don't think of it like, oh, somebody else can be doing these things. We feel like we sometimes have to do it all. Mm -hmm. So I would say that is the biggest myth um, that I think we should just bust right now because it's just not true. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much um, because I think some sometimes there's a worry for some where they feel like if they hire someone, it's going to take too much of the revenue that they're building and they're looking at it through the lens of the revenue that they're at the capacity of making right now. But I want y'all to know that as soon as I hired, okay, as soon as I hired, as soon as I got the right team members, as soon as I started doing the 10, got getting rid of the $10 task, right? Or the $15 mm-hmm. task and the $30 task. I was able to take on more clients. I'm able to go out and, and do things and go on a, a tour, a city tour and sharing my message on my methodology for speaking because I have a team taking care of the administrative task and the other deliverables for my clients. I wouldn't be able to be in that position if I was all by myself. Like there's no way. Yeah. And so you maximize your potential by staying in your zone of genius and allowing others to help you. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a 10 person team, right? (laughs) Right. We just want to choose efficiency as much as possible as we're moving in our day-to-day task for our business. And wouldn't it be nice to take the weekend off? How about taking a month off? Taking a month off. Yes. You know, like, think about it. Sometimes, I mean, like, for example, July sometimes is a very busy time, like, just because of the way my family dynamic is set up. So imagine if you wanted to take a month to just to spend with your children, with your partner, or just explore the world. You can't do that if you're doing everything in your business. It would mean you have to shut it down for like a month. And, you know, this idea that you can't take a break, right? You got to constantly hustle in business is just not true. It, it depends on how you want to structure your life is how you should structure your business. And then you mentioned something so important, Jasmine, because I think sometimes when people think about hiring, they think about the person has to be always full time. You got to start from somewhere. 
you have to start from somewhere. I'm not going to tell you like immediately you got to start with somebody like 40 hours a week if you don't need that. It could be a part-time person. It could even be somebody who is a strategist and they're contracted out a couple of hours, maybe a week, a couple hours a month, depending on your needs. But this is how you start building towards eventually getting a an employee. And that is very validating. I must tell you, like when you know, I have somebody that's really dedicated to the future of, of my business, whether it's speaking or something else, it's, it's going to set the trend for you moving forward. You'll start to really think differently because there are other people where that is their zone of genius and they're focused on whatever areas you hire them for where you can stay in your lane. So for like speakers, you can be fully present in creating your, maybe creating your keynotes, like thinking of how am I going to engage with people maybe at the conference that I'm speaking at. You can be present in that process because that's your place of genius. That's where you need to stay in your lane and you have people to support you while you're doing what you do best. Yes, yes, absolutely. So if someone is a solopreneur as a speaker, or they may have a very small team, which is totally fine, right? I have an agency, so it requires me to have a lot more than a typical person. But if someone's in a place where they're ready to hire, what are some of three things that they can do to kind of get prepared for that? Yeah, number one, I think the first biggest thing you can get prepared is the budget. What are you like? What are you going to? What can you afford to pay somebody? Um, starting to get a sense of what the person might afford. So it depends, of course, on who it is you need to hire. But that's why you should start doing your research early. You know, don't wait to the moment when, where it hurts you the most, or you feel like, man, I, it was easier when I had a job, a nine to five, right? <laughs> like you want to prepare in time, so you don't have to necessarily take a loan. I mean, that option is fine and things like that, but you don't have to do that. You can always set aside some money every month so you can prepare for this. So when you do hire this person, it is a very easeful process because the biggest mistake I see a lot of folks make is that they wait until either they don't have the money, but they know they need this help. And it's a very tough relationship because you're stressed out and you're not, you're not able to be fully present in that. So I would say that's the first thing. The second thing is also getting clear on who it is that you need to. I I always talk about this, but you have to really be clear with what it is that you need in the position that you're hiring for. Because if it's not clear, one, you're not going to attract the right people when you put out like your job description or some advertisements and things like that. But also that working relationship won't be clear. You know, the person you hire might think this is what you want them to do, but you have something totally different in mind just because you may not have been straightforward or, you know, you didn't optimize the job description, the post or whatever it is that you put out there in order to attract the right person. And I think the third thing is really getting realistic on empowering this person to really stay in their lane in what it is that you hired them to do. Oftentimes I hear a lot of people say like, but this person keeps coming to me. I really want them to just really take this and and because they're the expert and tell me what to do. But have you actually empowered them to do that? Did you even have that conversation? And this is getting into 
into onboarding. But this is what you need to think about because you can't say like, this person is always going to come to me. If, if, if you have taught them, right, and you made it seem like they need to come to you to get approval on every single thing, they need to get your, you know, your point of view before they do something, then that's what they, they're going to do. But if you've had a conversation with them, like, listen, you are the expert in this. I need to almost, I need you to almost guide me in what's the best way to approach it. So for example, a big one for people is marketing. So if you're not a marketing expert and you hire somebody who is going to help you with that, you know, this is kind of how you want that relationship to be. You actually have to onboard people or, you know, if somebody's contracted, have the conversation as to your expectations. So both of you can set boundaries to the working relationship. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so good. Because I didn't think about none of that. <laughs> Which is why it was a dumpster fire, right? Um, and it took me a while to really be very intentional. Um, one of the things that I loved is like the budget and really considering the onboarding process. Mm -hmm. What I was finding, even from my contractors, like even for people that were coming in for that, I didn't know how long they were going to be. Even though they were a contractor, I still took time to onboard them so they can understand the direction of where my business was going. I don't feel like that's just reserved for employees. I feel like even the people that come in who are contracting should understand because they're going to be delivering whatever services I particularly need and needs to be in alignment and fit in with what, what I have. And I love that you mentioned that because that's a critical piece. Another thing that I found very helpful to me is, yes, outrightly communicating what I thought would yeah. be good, what I thought made sense right? Was not connecting for my team. It was not connecting. So I had to almost, I don't know if you've ever seen that video where there's this father telling the children to write step-by-step -step how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And so they, they wrote out, each of them wrote out and he followed what the direction said. So for instance, one of the children wrote down, you know, you get bread, you put on the peanut butter and you put on the jelly and you eat it. So he goes, he gets the bread, he put on the peanut butter, but he was like, how do I open the peanut butter jar? And then how do I take the peanut butter out? And then what slice do I put it on? Like, and so when they were working with him, they was like, oh my gosh, well, okay, okay, I'm gonna write it again. And he did it multiple times and he still missed steps. So that, that to me really helped me to appreciate that sometimes I gotta slow down. It isn't a good time to hire someone when there's a fire, hire them and be proactive, right? So you can take that time to onboard them and explicitly explain, but also empower them. I think my meetings that I have with them now that are uh, quarterly meetings are there to help encourage them to think in that way. And I think that's mm -hmm. the part that we have to be willing to kind of let go. We, yeah. We're scared. There's ego involved with that too of no one else can kind of come in and be able to replace me. And that's, I think so. that's a big part of it because when, especially, you know, in the service industry, because we start off and it's more so like we're selling ourselves, mm -hmm. right. When we first start anything, it's really hard to switch that off and realize, okay, this is not like a side hustle. This is not just me consulting anymore. I'm actually 
focused on my legacy and I'm focused on building a company. Like I need people to put aside like, okay, business aside, like this is not a business anymore. You're trying to create your company. You're trying to be well-known. And eventually suppose you get to the point where you want to remove yourself from being the face of it. Who is going to be the people to support you? You talked about like group programs. So if you have to be away speaking at a conference, who's the people that are going to be supporting the participants in your program? So once you start to think in that way, I think it gets really much, much more easy for you to start picturing yourselves as a leader, one, but as somebody who is deserving of support and can imagine having a team of people who know what they're doing, know your business, understand your vision, and really are able to help you get to the places where you want to be in your company. Yes. And 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 let me add in this point too, because it took me a while to be convinced of this, that we can build impact, amplify our voice, make money in our business, and it doesn't have to be accompanied with struggle. Yes. We don't have to struggle and be burnt out to make an impact and make money. <laughs> and that took me years to figure out. I'm six years in business right now. And just now I'm like, I want to be able to make money with more ease. Right. Yeah. So think about like the energy level we can be on if we're coming from that place and we can serve people from the stage. Like it takes a lot of energy to go out there and to go and and to speak and to share your knowledge and to speak for hours and then to meet the people and then to connect with the event organizers and to it takes a lot of energy. So why not we why don't we find a way to get the support that we need for the business foundation so that we can bring more ease into our life? That's that's the okay. question I want to pose for the listeners. Okay. Well, think about it this way. You just put yourselves in what Jasmine just mentioned. You're speaking at a conference. You just did your keynote that, what, maybe it's 90 minutes, two-hour keynote. Then after that, you're engaging with participants, right? Then maybe the people who are there who who hired you as the speaker, right? They want to talk to you after that. Then once you leave, you get back to your hotel room, you open your laptop, and you see, like, you got all these emails, and you're up till like 12 o'clock trying to answer them. Like, this is not what you want to be doing because you're going to be tired one. I mean, I can just imagine how tired you're going to be. And then to think, oh my gosh, I still have other people that I need to serve. I have so many other things that I need to do and you have to get them done. You can't even rest after you've just had a job well done. So if you think about that, start to think about how you even want your day to be, right? When you're speaking. Cause I know me, like after I'm speak speaking, I'm trying to go take a shower, lay down, watch Netflix, and be <laughs> on my Okay, I want to sleep. I don't want to talk to nobody. I yeah. am ready to take at least two to three day break after a speaking gig. Seriously, seriously. Yes. And I love that. Sometimes visualizing, just taking a moment to get still right now, y'all, and just visualize what you want your business and life to look like. You know, do you want to have your evenings free? Do you want to spend time with your family? Do you want to take a month or two month break every year? 
to travel and, and, and create memories that are beyond just what you're creating in your business. I guarantee you, I took my first six weeks off in 2020, wait, 2021, right? And I still made money, y'all, <laughs> right? Money still happened. Opportunities still came. I'm still here. My business has not fallen apart. Could it have fallen apart if I didn't put the systems in place and the team in place? Absolutely. But I envisioned, right? I envisioned what I wanted my life to be like. So on that note, <laughs> where can people find your resources and learn from your brilliant brain? so that they can get to a place where they can build a team to support the foundation of their speaking business. Yeah, absolutely. So my business is Higher Breakthrough. So you can always find us at, you know, higherbreakthrough.com as well. You know, for any of you who are here and you're like, I'm struggling to even think about nonetheless who to hire, but like, what's the steps in the process? You can always go and download our free resource. It's called the Scale Higher Roadmap. So you can go to Higher Breakthrough forward slash roadmap and grab that for free to help you even get, you know, get to know the steps so you can plan and prepare and it just be everything you envision, just like what we just did in that moment of silence with Jasmine. And other than that, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. I'm pretty active there um, and I share a ton of, of interesting content that I think will be helpful for you as you are continually to grow out your speaking business and you're thinking, okay, now I need to start developing a team and bringing on people to help support me to get to my mission. Yes. And if you're an event organizer that needs to hire a speaker on HR, come on, Napier is your woman. All right. She also provides educational experiences for, for teams and organizations. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your insight. Thank you for all that you do for us to help us get uh, more freedom in our, in our life, in our business. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Y'all have some homework to do. I want you to sit and think right in the comments, too, of this video. Let us know what do you envision for yourself and what what is the next step you're going to be taking to actually set up the business structure so that you can continue to make an impact from the stage and if you know that you need help in refining your presentation skills setting up your signature talk creating the system and structure to monetize your expertise come holla at me you can find me at jasminehaley.com and i would love to help support you with your speaking goals all right until next time we'll see you Bye-bye.